You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. Today, I want us to have a conversation about bullying. So as a parent, how can you spot that your child is being bullied or is being cyberbullied? Bullying is very difficult to deal with, especially for children. That's why many kids who experience bullying will often stay silent or you know, they'll keep this from their friends and the adults in their lives. And it could be bullying that's taken a form of maybe it's physical bullying or verbal, emotional, cyber bullying. This often results in kids feeling withdrawn, isolated or being very anxious. So have you noticed similar behavior in your child? What can you do as a parent if your child is being targeted by bullies or, or when they have not yet opened to you, opened up to you? about being bullied, but you simply have a gut feeling that something is not right, right? What are the signs you should be looking out for? And as a parent, um, or even an older sibling, how can you help them? That's our conversation. You can give me a call with your inputs. If you've got questions, maybe this is something you've picked up in your own children. 011-883-0702. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Pam Tudin is a psychologist um, author, speaker, and co-founder of uh, Clicked, and joining us now on Zoom. Pam, thank you so much for making time for us. Good morning. So lovely to be with you again. Thank you for the invitation. Why do children who are being bullied often decide to keep quiet about it and, and suffer in silence? I think it's a multifaceted, multifaceted answer. Mm. You know, first of all, a lot of bullying is happening online rather than offline. And our our kids are petrified that if they come to us and say, oh, you know, this terrible thing is going down online and I'm the target, the first thing that any parent would do would be say, give me that device, I'm going to manage it. Or even just give me the device so that you don't have to deal with this. And the last thing on earth they want is to lose their device. So they kind of feel for a brief period of time, I'm just going to manage this on my own because I don't want my mom or dad to take away my mobile phone. And so that's the first thing that we really have to think about is how we respond to our children when they come and share with us. And sometimes, you know, no kid wakes up in the morning and says, I just want to let you know I'm being bullied. It's much more subtle than that. So we do have to look for signs, but it does sometimes get to a point where they mm. are so overwhelmed um, and you you might discover it or you, they might share something with you that's happening online. And our overreaction in terms of removing device is the thing that petrifies them the most and makes them not want to share the truth. Ooh, so you've got to, how does a parent then react in, in, a, in, in an incident like that where they're trying to protect you as the child? So they want to take away the device, but, but as the child, you feel... I'm not opening up and being genuine with you about what's going on because I'm scared you're going to do exactly that. So what's the best way for a parent to respond in an event where their child is being cyberbullied? So I think one of the things that we always have to think about is a phrase that I love to use with parents is to be the soft landing place. So that doesn't mean going soft on the issue. It means being the place where, where our children feel 
I can go here and just know that what I'm about to share with you is just going to land in your lap and you're going to hold it for a little bit without overreacting. Whatever it is, whether it's I sent a nude or I'm being bullied or I hate school, whatever it might be that we go, you know, I'm so glad you told me that. I'm just going to sit with it a bit and think about it. And I'd love you to do the same because that message says, thank you. I'm not going to be histrionic. I'm not going to be hysterical. I get that what you're telling me is really big. Let's think together how we can solve it. Mm. But when we say, I'm going to phone so-and-so's mother, or you know what, um, I'm taking you out the school. You don't have to deal with this, or this is too much now. In that space, what we're saying is, A, number one, I'm reactive, but B, I don't trust you to try and find a way to solve this yourself. Mm, yeah. So, you know, sometimes children, so, so let me just say, <laughs> bullying should not be handled by the child. Adults, I'm a great believer that adults do need to intervene, but it's the way in which they intervene and there are levels. So there are times when, you know, someone gets kicked off a WhatsApp group. That's not the time for mommy to say, you know, let me phone the other mommy and I'm going to manage this for you. When it's a more serious thing where they get kicked off lots of times or mm. where someone's being threatened at the school gate by somebody doing sextortion or they're trolling them or they're catfishing. Yes, then we have to intervene much more um, proactively. But, okay. but the majority of bullying that goes down at the moment is online. It's WhatsApp exclusion. It's painful for the children, but they have to learn to upskill themselves to manage some of those things. And I'm sure we're going to talk about those things later today. Yes. Uh, I want us to maybe touch a little bit on the various forms of bullying, right? Or the various forms bullying can take. And then we'll get into the sign, the signs that parents need to look out for. Uh, you've spoken a lot about cyberbullying. That, that's a lot of bullying that's taking place now. What mm -hmm. kind of form does your verbal you know, physical, especially emotional bullying, because with verbal and physical, you almost know what it is. The kids is just being, maybe they're assaulted, they're kicked around the school. But when mm. it comes to emotional bullying, it can really be confusing as to what kind of form it can take. Absolutely, absolutely. So maybe I can start by saying that the first and most important thing to do is to know the difference between mean behavior rude behavior and bullying behavior. So, you know, our kids are quick to come home and say, oh, so-and-so is such a bully. And we have to be able to really know the difference so that we can understand it, number one, and react in appropriate ways. So rude behavior is um, your child had a fight with so their dad in the car and they get out the car and they're horrible to somebody else because believe it or not, our own children can also be bullies. <laughs> Hard to believe, but mm. it's true. And, you know, they get out the car and the first person they see, they say, oh, that's such a stupid hair clip you're wearing today. You look so ugly. That would be rude and horrible and nasty, but it's not bullying. It's a once-off incident where I take out whatever happened somewhere else, had a fight with dad, get out the car and I say something horrible once-off to whoever happened to be in my way. Mean behavior is a little bit more targeted. I choose somebody who's vulnerable but it's a once-off thing and then I move on. Bullying behavior is behavior that is intentional, focused, and repeated behavior with one person. Mm. 
So when our child comes to us and says, so-and-so is such a bully, we have to say, you know, was this repeated, intentional, and focused specifically on my child? Then we have to think about, you know, how we respond. And there are different ways that we we see kids being bullied. And I, I think I'm going to start probably by talking about online because that is mm. the way that our children are really most likely to get bullied in today's time. It then can get taken offline, but it probably will start you know, in a particularly girls, because girls bully each other in a very different way. So the big one is exclusion, blocking, ghosting. You know, there's um, now you're part of the group. Now you're not part of the group. You leave somebody off a group intentionally. You don't invite them to a party because you've chosen to create this little group of your four besties. It's very unkind behavior if that's once off. But when it happens repeatedly, that is a form of bullying. Trolling is when you really bait somebody into responding to you. And we're seeing a lot of racist trolling at the moment on both sides of the fence, where kids will really set each other up to make a racist comment, um, or even just, you know, uh, using very uh, provocative words. And then when the, the group in the, in the different race uses that word, they go, what did you just say? Seriously, you just use that word when the whole group has been using it, and then they turn on the person. Harassment is another form of online bullying where we see people spreading rumors, fat shaming, slut shaming, creating fake accounts with your profile picture, posting bad photos of you intentionally all the time um, to make that person look bad in a particular way. Anonymous platforms are, you know, a serious way in which children are being bullied. So they'll put up on uh, Kumi or Amigle or um, Yik Yak. There are a whole lot of different apps that kids use that are completely anonymous. And they'll put up a picture of Clement and they put up a picture of Peter and they say, hot or not. And 98% say Clement's hot and 2% say Peter's not. And then he has to go to school the next day. And face all of that. Mm. And that's very, very hard to do. You don't know who voted. You don't know how many people in your school said you were hot or not. You know, that kind of behavior. Then there's a form of bullying called doxing, where you share somebody's identity or their private information without their consent. So you might say, oh, you know, Clement played such bad rugby today, such an idiot. I'm so glad he lives right next door to to Hyde Park Shopping Center because we know, we know where to go and beat him up. Mm. So you don't give away all the information, but you give enough away to identify the person so that people can can really, you know, kind of feel threatened and, and worried about other people coming for them. Another thing that people do is they do something called catfishing, where they create fake accounts with fake profiles. And this is where we see a lot of stranger danger happening, but it can be people that you know. So you think that you're talking to someone you met on hockey tour. Um, you vaguely remember they said, oh, you know, I saw you play. You were fantastic. You're such a good player. And you think you're talking to another 15-year-old boy or girl, and you're so flattered. And it turns out to be a syndicate in the Philippines who you know, at some point are going to export money out of you um, in, or make you send nude photographs and that kind of behavior. Mm. So there are so many ways that our children are being bullied at the moment. Sure. And then all 
nine. I don't know if you want to, to um, ask a question quickly before no, no, I talk no, finish about how off, Yeah, finish off the forms of bullying and, and then I'll, um, I've got more questions. But I think after you wrap up that, we'll go to questions that are coming from the listeners first. Sure. So offline, what we have to do is we really have to think about the different ways in which boys and girls bully. So girls engage each other in what we call relational aggression. Very early in our lives, we taught that, you know, giving somebody a big punch in the face is not really acceptable for girls. So they learn to use their tongues and they learn to use it really well. And, you know, to do that online is, is very easy. To do that offline is also easy for girls. And what we see in girl groups is there's always a queen bee. And if, you know, the adults that are listening today, the women, if you think about who you have coffee with and you all a group, you all know exactly who the queen bee is in your group. And equally, we know in our children's groups, you know, she is the one that everyone looks up to. They want to be like her. They want to dress like her. She's the cool kid, the popular kid, um, you know, but she can also be extremely mean. But she is not the person who who executes the be- the meanness. She's highly manipulative. She can be very cruel, but she always has a sidekick. And the sidekick is the wannabe who wishes she was the queen bee, but she will do all the queen bee's dirty work for her. Um, so when the queen bee says, kick her off the WhatsApp group, we're all wearing pink onesies to the party on Saturday night, don't tell her. The sidekick will be the person who does that for her. The banker is the girl who holds everybody's secrets until she needs to just for her own advantage share something with the queen bee that will somehow promote her her position um, in the group. We see there's also a role that girls take on called the pleaser, which is, you know, pretty self-explanatory. She will do anything, including sell her soul down the river. She'll lie. She'll cheat. She will kiss a boy that she shouldn't kiss anything to get the approval of the queen bee and to avoid being the target of being bullied. Um, then there's the girl who's often the, called the floater. And the floater is the girl who really, you know, there are two kinds of floaters. She's the healthy floater is the one who, you know, these girls are behaving in an ugly way. They're kicking people off groups. They're having parties. They're doing things that I'm not really comfortable with. Doesn't matter. I'm going to go and be with my horse riding friends. Mm -hmm. She can float healthily between different groups. But the unhealthy floater is the girl who wishes she had a bestie and she goes from group to group trying to secure her place. And the torn bystander is the girl who watches from the sidelines and comes home to her mom or dad and says, I don't like what the queen bee is doing. It doesn't sit right with me. And eventually she builds up the courage and she says something and the queen bee turns on her and pushes her out the group. Mm. And then last is always the target. Um, and, you know, that that role is is easily understood um, you know, the target is the one who is on usually on the repeated end of the queen bee's behavior. With boys, it's much simpler because boys have the kingpin and his sidekick and everybody else who is in the group is there to witness and bear witness to the fact that there is the king and his power and his ability to, you know, they'll use words like you're such a retard or you're so gay or you're so stupid. And if the victim can't handle it, eventually they will push him out the group. But boys like to keep their victims up close so that they can keep demonstrating the power, Hmm. whereas girls 
just kick you out the group and forget that you existed until they want you again. And then they bring you back onto the WhatsApp group. So it's crazy making stuff for our kids. My goodness, Pam. And thank you for taking that time to just explain to us um, how this bullying often manifests itself. The banker, the queen bee, the pleaser, um, the, the target, right? With men and boys, you've got the kingpin, the sidekick. What behavior are you observing in your children? There are some messages that have come through on 0727021702. We'll get to them after a break, the break, and I'll also take your calls on 011-883-0702. We're talking about bullying and how you as a parent can spot that your child is being bullied. 702 Family Matters. 25 minutes after 11 o'clock, your calls now and your WhatsApps. We are talking about uh, bullying on our Family Matters feature this morning. How can you spot that your child is being bullied or cyber bullied? And how can you spot that your child is a bully too? <laughs> because as Pam said, believe it or not, our children... Um, can also be bullies. There's a message here um, from Anonymous who says, Good morning, Clement. Thank you for this discussion. I already um, had my son, who is in grade 8, come to me about bullying. I think the way I reacted caused him to respond, saying that I will not tell you again, Mom, because they will think that I'm a snitch. So I don't think he will share if anything happens again. How will I get him to talk to me freely now? Pam, looks like the child did go to the mom and said, I'm being bullied. And because of how the mom reacted, um, her little boy has, has responded that, mom, I will not tell you again uh, because they think they'll think that I'm a snitch. Is that the kind of reaction you get um, from, from your children when, when they tell you, which is why it's important maybe to be very intentional about how you respond when they give you this information? Yes. So firstly, I just want to say to that mom that you're not alone. A lot of kids, even when we do nothing, say, I can't tell you, I can't tell you, because I know the other kids will think that I'm a snitch. So I think the important thing is to go back to your child and say, you know what, I really heard what you said to me. And obviously, I responded in a way that wasn't a support to you. What do you feel you need from me right now that can help you that to feel that I'm not getting, you know, in the way of you telling me? So you actually have to say, I get it. My reaction was not a great reaction. I'm sorry. Let's try and have a do-over. I often use the word a do-over with kids. Let's have a do, including my own children. I'll say, oh, you're sorry, I lost my temper. Can we have a do-over? You know, and then they'll come to me and say, sorry, I didn't wash the dishes last night like I was supposed to. Can I have a do-over? It just makes it a little bit light. So don't go in groveling. Just say, you know what, I get what you told me. Let's have a do-over. Yeah. What can I do differently next time that you will feel supported and not that I was too smothering? Mm. Sam, you're calling us from Rodeport. Good morning. Hi, Clement. You know, I'm intrigued with what Pam is saying here, especially about the police, because I've got my youngest at grade eight. She's just 14. But what I see is that now she seems not to be having maybe a common friend. And from what sometimes what she says, she looks like a pleaser. So I was saying to her, I'm not actually sure, but how can, you know, if Pam can further elaborate on this one of a pleaser so that, you know, one becomes sure, because I have my own suspicions, but I could be wrong. So mm. I'm saying I'm intrigued by this one. Oh, you think yeah, your daughter, like, your, you think your child is a pleaser, uh, but you want to know what are the signs yeah. to look out for? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you said she's 14, yeah? 
14 in grade, in grade eight. eight. Yeah. Okay, Sam, thank you very much. Um, Pam, um, how can Sam, you know, you know, point out if his child is a pleaser? And then maybe you can talk broadly as well about what parents need to look out for, the signs to look out for on whether or not their children are being bullied. Sure. So most girls of 14 are pleasers, actually, because there's not a child in the world who doesn't want to fit in at 14 years old. And and that is why, you know, they all wear a billabong T-shirt and, you know, there's there's reasons that they start behaving like little sheep at these at this age. It is a way of saying, I belong. I belong. I'm part of something. And that the need to please, however, is on a spectrum. You know, you can be a 14 year old pleaser, but still know that you like the color red when everyone else is pink. And what you have to do to help your child is rather than point out that she's a pleaser, help her to point out to herself who she is. So when you go shopping, for example, and she says, Oh, I really want the night tackies with the green laces. Say, I get everyone else has got those, and we can get them if those are the ones you want. But in your heart of heart, tell me what you really love. I'd love to know, um, you know, you're all going out on Saturday night. Tell me what you really are feeling about going out. Keep bringing it back to who are you really. I'll go along with what you want to do for now, but let tell me in this conversation, you know, how you feel actually. So it. It helps them to say over time, gee, my mom's not or my dad's not going to stop me completely from being a pleaser, but I remember my own voice. I remember who I am. Where you have to watch out and where you cannot do this is where they start to act out being a pleaser in a way that compromises their integrity. Mm. So when the queen bee, you know, and I, I wish I could say the queen bee, roles and everything are, are my invention. They're not. They're from a fabulous book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, which I highly recommend people read, a book by Rosalind Wiseman. But what is important to know here is to say, is my child compromising her integrity by being a pleaser? So is she willing to go and be unkind to somebody else? Is she the person who's being asked to kick someone else off a group in order to secure her place? And in those moments, you just make the observation. You would say, gee, what I'm noticing is that you're doing this and this. I can't believe that's who you really are. I'm not sure that's how you want to show up in the world. So what you're saying is, I get that you're on this trajectory, but it's not how this family rolls. Mm. That's not who we are. That's not our value system. And all teens and tweens are in a, in a integrity dilemma all the time, you know, around how to show up. And if you just gently remind them, <coughs> I beg your pardon, that that is not okay behavior in your mm, family, mm. but you get why she's doing whatever it is. So you help them to come out of it. And sometimes you can even say, you know, I noticed you did this. I don't really think that's who you are. Can we talk about it maybe a little bit later today? So you plant the seed without judgment, without criticism, and just say, what made you do that? Mm. Help me understand so that they can say, I just want to fit in. In one way or another, that's what they're going to say to you. I just want to belong. And then you say, okay, let's think about other ways that you can show that you belong. You don't have to compromise your soul to create belonging because yeah. that's not belonging. 
Yeah, Pam, I'm going to get the latest in eyewitness news headlines. When we come back, um, we'll go to the lines and more of some inputs and questions from the listeners. It's 702 Family Matters. All right, let's go back to your calls and your WhatsApps as well. Let me start with some WhatsApps here. Pam, hi, Clement and Pam. My son started a new school last year and has been a target from day one. And because it has been managed poorly at the school, we now have to remove both our kids from the school. The educators are not equipped to deal with bullying. Pam, is this the right response from the parents? They, they, they don't seem to be happy with how the school has responded and, and dealt with this bullying of their child. I am a great believer that if your school does not step up to support, you remove your child. Um, you know, schools are there in loco parentis when we are not around our children. And I really want to say that phrase again. They are there in loco parentis, meaning they are in our place. And if they can't behave in a supportive parental way, it is appropriate to put your child in a school that can protect your child appropriately. We live in a world at the moment where sometimes we've seen that things have been left and left and parents didn't want to make a big deal or didn't want to, and provided you're sure that your child, and I'm going to say this really carefully because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm certainly not insinuating in the way that you would say, you know, the girl's skirt was too short and therefore she got raped. What I'm trying to say is there's no correlation at all, but sometimes our children do behave in certain ways that invites a repeated kind of response. And then wherever you put your child, they're going to be the target. So we have to look at both sides. If, however, the school is not supportive and not helping you to see, even if your child is playing a role in somehow setting him or herself up to be on the receiving end, then, you know, that is not your child's school. Simple as that. And as difficult as it is to remove a child, it also sends a message that says, I've got your back. I am your parent. I will always support you, even if your behavior in some way is contributory. And I really want to emphasize, I'm not saying that from a blame point of view. I'm saying mm -hmm. sometimes children don't even know that they're doing it. Um, you know, if we look at the milder version of that, when children get constantly kicked off WhatsApp groups, parents will say to me, gee, Pam, I don't know, my child keeps getting blocked, blocked, blocked. But when we look at some of the words that the child uses, um, maybe they've made homophobic comments. Maybe they have told long-winded stories that are apropos of nothing. And children are, it's a strong culture in the children at the moment. They will, like, we are not having this. So particularly when kids behave in bad ways, you know, around things like homophobia, racism, and you will see on the WhatsApp thread kids saying, that's not okay, don't talk like that, and they carry on. Yes, your child will get kicked off. So all I'm saying carefully here is fabulous that you've got your child's back, but just watch out and be sure that there isn't a pattern that forms that your child will need constant rescuing because we take ourselves wherever we go. So we need to upskill children to manage bullying rather than always kind of stepping in. But if the school is not supportive, that for me is an alarm bell. The yeah. school should be saying, you will help your child to upskill them to manage the situation. Mm -hmm. Another message here. Hi, Clement and Pam. I've been fighting bullying since grade one, and now I'm 25 years old. Bullying never ends, 
but you just always need to believe yourself. It's not easy. Trust me. Oh, anonymous. Uh, thank you for, for, for sending the message and yeah, can only imagine how difficult that must have been for you to deal with that. Another message here. Hi, Clement and Pam. It would be interesting to know how to deal with the bullying suspicion, uh, suspicion when a parent has a little kid in daycare who may not be able to express themselves. Pam, is it too difficult to pick up if your little one who is in daycare is being bullied, seeing that they're not able or at the point in their life um, where they can express that? Clement, would you mind if I just quickly respond to that first person? Yes, And then I will speak to the second. I just wanted to say, and, and I, I just, as you read it, my, I could feel, you know, sometimes you can physically feel the pain of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if that person has been bullied from grade one and they are now 25, they have lived in a state of accumulated trauma and there will be, there'll be a physiological reaction to that, not just a psychological reaction where they live in like, an aroused cortisol state of constant tension, constant anxiety. And what I really, really want to encourage that person to do is to go and get proper, proper therapeutic support so that they can find ways to find their tribe, to put themselves in a situation where they feel connected, supported, loved. And honestly, by the time you get to, you know, but when we are still 25, we are trying to find our tribe. But the day will come when you find your peeps and you will not feel that you are constantly on the receiving end of bullying. But until that moment, I really, really encourage you to go and get support so that you can know what to do when you are in the face of those kinds of people, because there are skills that you can develop that give you an appropriate shield against some of the pain that comes your way all the time. And let me respond to to the second person. So, you know, it's very hard to to think of the fact that there can be little, little children who are three, four, and five who are bullying other children um, because I don't really think that a four-year-old has the capacity and the intention to bully. What they have is an ability to kind of have a radar to see who the vulnerable child is in the group. And little children like to assert themselves and feel who's powerful, who's less powerful. So it's it's more about exerting kind of a sense of I am in the world right now and I will show you that I'm stronger than you in whichever way. And absolutely the, the mom or dad of this child who called, they are right. Your child will not have the skills at this age to manage another child who's saying I'm stronger, I'll push you in the sandpit, I'll call you ugly. Um, you know, but what you have to do is make sure that you contact the school to intervene in those moments to separate your child from the the boy or girl who's going, I'm the biggest, I'm the strongest, I'll throw sand in your eyes when we're in the sandpit. But it's not an active, intentional, I'll choose you. It's more just a developmental need at that age. 
and maybe your child isn't quite able yet to manage children who do that. Yeah. But what you can do is practice some lovely skills at home. You can help your child to look in the mirror and do a Superman pose um, because there is strong neuroscience now that shows, for example, that when we hold our shoulders back and we hold our head up and we adopt a certain kind of physical stance, we do give off a message to other people and we feel stronger. Um, you can help them to have a little mantra that they say every time this person is ugly to them, that you say, oh, having a bad day today. And all they have to do is just remember that one line, um, mm. you know, where they, and equally you can upskill your child to just walk away uh, when they are little. They don't have to engage it at all. But there are lots of little in-the-moment skills that your child can use when they are very little at a at a physiological level that will help them um, to, to really understand that this is the moment in which I just have to say, you know, I'm, I'm not going mm. to do this. You could also um, have a code word that you give your child. Maybe the code word is banana split. And when they say banana split, that is a message to the teacher. I'm not coping right now. I need your help. You know, um, a little code word just between the child and the teacher goes a long, long, long way. It's also a brilliant thing to have a code word with a, a teenage girl that goes to a sleepover and suddenly the girls turn all mean and, you know, she, she, you can phone your child or the child phones you and you can say, um, yeah. the child sends a WhatsApp that says banana split and the mom can phone and say, you know what, granny's not well, I'm coming to fetch you. Mm. does not have to be true. It has to be I'm coming to support you and get you out of that space right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some more questions after the break, 10 minutes before 12.